Hi everyone, Tim here from the UK Scriptwriters Podcast. We've got a special edition this time, which is about writer-directors, stroke indie filmmakers. Uh, it's two interviews, the first with Dan Pringle, and then the second with Suki Singh. We've known them both for years as they're other local filmmakers, so of course we've worked with them and we've also supported each other. So we've helped them with their movies that they're going to talk about, and uh, they helped us with ours you know that's how that's how we like to to do it supporting each other moving forward together but when we were writing and directing our movie we were often thinking about how in a way we've got that battle of practicality and creativity so in a way this interview is about as a writer director on the indie scene what should your approach be to script writing something that you know you've got to make for a very modest budget Let's hear what they say. Before we get into what you know, why you did it, how it worked, and all that kind of stuff, tell us about your your movie and um, how long you've been working on it. Just the background to it all. Yeah. Okay. So, um, so K Shop is essentially an elevated horror film. I guess is is kind of what we came back from Cannes this year with. When we made it, it was just a film. But now it's an elevated horror film. Elevated horror yeah, film. Yeah, it, it has a... It's brand. not set in an elevator. It's not in an elevator. <laughs> it's got nothing to do with elevators. But yeah, it's basically a, a modern-day adaptation of Sweeney Todd set in a kebab shop. Great. In, a, in a British kebab shop. Great. It's a vigilante kebab shop owner who has enough of the horrible, hedonistic, binge-drinking culture which plagues his, his shop. And he goes after them and, and cuts them up and puts them in the kebabs. Right. Okay. That's so a great that's idea. Nicely pitched yeah. as well. <laughs> um, let's let's go through that then in the in the stages of which they kind of happen. But at any point, tell us if we got this wrong. But when did you start thinking about working on this? And how did you start working on the script and the idea? And, or did that idea grow from working on a different script and so on? How did it work? Um, yeah, I guess there's there's a kind of a, there's numerous kind of roads that led to me being like right you know let's 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 do the first feature um but i think probably first and foremost uh the the company white lantern film me and adam's company uh we were based in the center of bournemouth um uh atop uh, a building which looked down over what I, I believe at the time maybe it still is was that what had the most crime of any street in the UK which was as a result of all of the bars and nightclubs that it had it had more bars and nightclubs supposedly within a square mile than anywhere else in the UK and um, having the having the offices there obviously we've got the commercials company Lightside and, and White Lantern Film they sit within the same office so we would be there quite late we'd mm. be there quite a lot of the time uh, through the evenings, through the nights, working on projects from in, in, in post production, and um, when you were there in the office quite late, you'd you'd always see kind of the, the carnage which ensued down on that street, um, and uh, and yeah, after a while, it started to kind of really great. I think it's probably the best right. way of saying it. But um, you know, you'd be there, and you'd just be there'd be screams just going on. You know, as early as seven, eight o'clock in, on a Wednesday night or a Tuesday evening. Times when you just thought it would be quiet, and it was student night. That's student yeah. Night. I mean, and 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 and, it, and you know, and, and the weekends were obviously everything was intensified and, and even more outrageous because you had the stag do's and the hen yeah, yeah, and yeah. the tourists that come down. So you're not talking about jolly jolly japes here. You're talking about kind of raucous, over the top, and possibly violence. Just out and out carnage. Yeah, I mean, just there's nothing. I mean, 
like you know I've, I've stood by this the whole way since I came up with the idea all the way through to, to, to kind of you know getting the film finished you know I like a drink as much as the next guy and I, you know, I've got no problem with I've got no problem with having a drink like I, you know I've got no problem with everybody going out and you know letting off a bit of steam and having a few beers but but I mean this was like when you look at it stone cold sober from above which is our offices were obviously yeah, you know, yeah, on the yeah, third yeah. floor of this building looking down into this street you kind of develop a, a new perspective and you see it in a completely different way and this particular sort of drinking culture or this night or you know, you know Bournemouth nightlife but you know it's, it's fairly standard for any town centre across the UK it was, it was just completely out of control like mm. I mean out of control I'm, and I'm not saying that in a I'm not being over dramatic because obviously I wouldn't have come up with the idea if I didn't have the inspiration. But I mean, you'd just have you'd have fights every 15 minutes. You'd have people throwing, you know, you know things getting smashed, things getting vandalised, things getting broken. Um, you know, people getting their asses out, people getting things out, like you know, p- people getting lots of things out, yeah, <laughs> bodily things uh, on a fairly regular basis, and lots of bodily fluids, right. free flowing everywhere. Okay. Okay. You're painting a very vivid picture. Yeah, I mean, I, we get, I mean, I'm trying ins- to. You're inspired now. I'm trying <laughs> to be as diplomatic as I possibly can. We understand be. this, but you know, the, uh, I've made some silly films in the past, Dan, as you know, and and a lot of the time, I wonder how I've ended up making them because I've st- I've seen something like you've done. And there's quite a leap, though, isn't there, from going from observation of something that's occurring to you with no story, no plot, just sort of a theme or an observation, basically an observation, to, like, a story. You know, so, you know, how did you go through that? And at any point did you or maybe even Adam sort of say, all right, that's interesting, you know, and I've seen that occurring, but actually it's not worthy of a film... You know, it's just something I'm seeing and that I wish I could do something about. But it's not like there's no story there. How does that work? I, I guess, I guess, kind of. So being in those offices, I mean, our offices are now moved to a yeah. slightly more pleasant part of town, which is where we are right now. Um, but but being in those offices for a prolonged period of time, for a period of three years, you know, I, I guess it ended ended up being a little bit like, you know, Captain Willard on that boat you know, Apocalypse Now, heading down towards Kurtz. And I might be quite kind of, you know, the dark, you know, it kind of started to dwell on me. And I started right. to, I started to think, you know, we have to find a way of telling this story. We have to find a way of exploring this kind of culture. And there was no, there was, there was numerous ways to do it. I mean, we've, we, we thought about numerous different ways. You know, you tell it from the perspective of someone on a night out, or do you tell it from the perspective of a taxi driver picking up and dropping off drunks or something? Yeah. And then of course, you know, I, I lived above a kebab shop um, uh, and uh, just just hit on it one night and just text Adam and went you know it's, it's Sweeney Todd in the kebab shop isn't mm. it it's, 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 the, it's the fixed shop and the constant flow of people and it's yeah. how he yeah. deals with it and you know from the moment from the moment I hit on that it was just that, that's it it was like that, that instantly you were like that's a film that, that I'd want to watch that's a film that anybody would want to watch well yeah you struck on something quite useful quite early in terms of making a genre I guess in terms of making it a revenge thriller or did you, if you see what I mean? Like, how long from the time to then having that more plot-based idea to then finish script-ish, Dan, how long would you say that that's, that, that took? So coming up with the idea was probably... I mean, it was a short, originally. Okay. Like, it was a short. It was, um, you know, I wrote it as 30 pages, uh, Christmas of Christmas of 2013, maybe. Right. And it was a short. And I came back and, and I sat with Adam, my producer, and... Um, 
I mean, we, we went through it and, and he just said, you know, there's just too much material. There's the, the, you know, the, the concept of this shop and the, yeah. the flow of people and the characters coming in and out of this shop. He's like, there's just, there's just too much material. And I agree because we were going back and forth with all the ideas of the different, yeah. the, different, the different punters that are going in and out of this shop. And he's like, there's just too much material. And because of the nature of getting a shop to film it in, there's no reason why we shouldn't just scale it up and just do it as yeah. a feature. And, and obviously in the, in the current landscape for film and the, and the marketplace, yeah. the, you know, why not make something where you can actually get yeah. a return for your money? Exactly. So we were like, let's just scale it up and let's just go for it. So it probably took about from, from, from writing through to shooting uh, or from, from uh, kind of coming up with the idea to getting the script locked, it was probably about a year and a month or a year and two months Right. Um, yeah. Yeah. So it's a fair old, fair old amount of time. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I was. I mean, I, 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 you know, I'd written shorts before, but I'd never written a feature before, and I, and I have no, I had no real background in in writing. I'm, you know, I've been producing for a couple of years. I produced Suki's film, Emulsion, Suki uh, Singh, um, and I produced the documentary and been running been running the commercials company. Uh, but I had no real classical training in script writing or writing. Full stop. So I went through, a, you know, I thought, you know, let's just do it. And I banged out a draft and it was like 130 pages. It was massive after I'd done the initial short. And then it was like, okay, obviously I've got a lot to learn. I went through a really rigorous, intensive um, development process. I got Danny's opinion. I went through industrial scripts um, oh, yeah, yeah. And, and, and kind of, and, and, and a lot of that was just learning as opposed to like actual editing a script. A lot of it was just learning. It was me just learning how to write and the basics of storytelling. And, and whilst everybody that read the script were like, you've got some great characters and you've got some great scenes and this amazing standoffs, you know, it was a lot about learning structure. Yeah, so that's yeah. kind of why it, it went on longer than it needed to go on. Really. Well, I, I remember actually on the back of one of the podcasts we did down the road That's with right. Mary Evans. We bumped into you afterwards and you That's were just right. sitting there having a if coffee you, with your notepad out going, it, I'm, I'm just doing yeah. the feature. That's guys. right. And you had the look of pure, like, I don't know what I'm doing. We were like, what are you doing? <laughs> if you want to relive this, listeners, if you go back to the one about self-publishing the book, you can probably hear Dan Pringle writing in, in the, the background because <laughs> he was sitting at the table next to ordering us. ordering 10 espressos. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> is, that, is that how you did it? So did you kind of, because it's, it's, it's always busy here. You know, you, listeners, you can hear the phone ringing in the background with more great punters coming through the door asking for Dan and Adam's advice. But, you know, it is difficult when you are got a, a day job, if you like, even though it's related to the biz, to break away because working on a script requires concentration and you know uh, makes your head hurt it does me anyway so is, did you have to take yourself away out of the day-to-day running to get time like we saw you in the calf like just to get your head down the majority the majority of it was written uh, in the evenings so you know I sacrificed a lot of a lot of social time right, to just yeah. to, to write it yeah i mean we were working on the commercials and we we're working on the, the day-to-day running of the business we were distributing uh, Drawing for Freedom, our documentary, which was taking up a lot of time. Um, so yeah, it was getting written in the evenings, the majority of the time. The odd, you know, you caught me on a good day, like where I was, you know, had a bit of time to myself. But um, treating yourself to a bad yeah, day. yeah. Um, but yeah, no, the majority of it was written was written in the in the evenings, and I, I didn't really have any choice. I didn't really think about it. I didn't really think about it. It's like, oh, you know, it'd be good to get more dedicated time, or it'd be good to sit down and think about this. It was just, you know. All I've got is myself and my laptop. When can I do it? You know, when can I write? And just make the most of those time. And just you know, you, if you want to do it, you've got to give up that time. You've got to make yourself available. Um, it was. Yeah, I, I didn't. I think because it was my first film, 
I didn't think I didn't didn't feel the pressure of like mm. oh you know this is really difficult getting into this writing I was just writing I was just mm. writing and like you know like you know when Danny read it and when the industrial script well, when we're sorry, sorry then cut you off when you were doing that when we kind of saw you you probably don't even remember but were, did you have any kind of um, were you were moving into pre-production at that point or did you really write the yeah, script did you know it was going to happen yeah did you know and did we did you have a deadline even if self-imposed when you knew you needed yeah. to start shooting yeah yeah we were pretty I mean it, it kept moving it kept moving it moved the shoot moved I think uh, we were supposed to be shooting November uh, 2013 and then we obviously ended up shooting March April May 2014 mm. Yeah. Um, so so yes, yeah, it's, it's been a long it's been a long process. But yeah, the, the, the whole time it was like because we knew that it was so feasible to do on a micro budget, yeah. and we knew that we'd be able to get that cash to do it. That we were like, yeah, that we knew we were going to be filming it. So I always had, and I you know, and I but I tried to free myself in the in the very first couple of drafts. I was hooked on budget. Obviously, coming at it from a produ- from a couple of years of producing, <laughs> yeah. I was thinking yeah, constantly, yeah, yeah. no, no, you know, action sequence, got to go, car sequence, got to go. I was yeah. thinking constantly about that, and then Adam said, you know, forget about all of that. You've got to free yourself if you want to be properly creative. You've got to free yourself from that. And then I managed to let go and kind of let it go. And obviously, Good producer advice there, Adam. And then Thumbs up it. there to Adam in the background. There you go. He, he probably regrets saying it. Though, <laughs> he definitely <laughs> regrets saying it. Um, but yeah, you know, so then, and then we kind of, then that, that kind of freed me up and kind of went from there. But because it was my first film, it felt, it, 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 I didn't get so hung up on like, oh, I'm not in a great creative space or I'm not thinking about this. Yeah. Now I'm writing a second film. Yeah. I'm, I'm a lot more conscious of the mistakes that I've made. I'm yeah. a lot more conscious of things. It's a lot harder. It's a lot harder. There was a freedom about writing. Live and, live and learn. Well, I th- I th- the one thing that I remember is what you, you handed me the script. I think it was the 130-page version. Was big and one. then I was just like, oh, my God. And then I read it, and it was just one, one of those big reliefs. Like when I read the first script you gave me, of you yeah, yeah, yeah. it was like there was a sense of relief because it was good. You didn't have to deliver some shocking news yeah, to Dan, like, like, don't like, bother, mate. Yeah, So and then, and then I thought to myself, whatever notes you get over the next whatever, you're going to be fine. Because you know, generally, it's a good idea. The, the, the spine of the story is all is all yeah, solid, good. and you could write well. And it's just like, well, this is this yeah. is fun. You can that's fix good the other That's stuff. good to know, Danny. It's probably I didn't tell you that at the time. I know. I was <laughs> going to say, like, you, you just you know, you just sat on that and waited to see what the outcome was. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I mean, in terms of script writing, I've already written like three screenplays before four, but I've always had you know a whole folder of ideas. You know, yeah. you keep those yeah. gems. Yeah. And uh, Emulsion was just one of those little cool ideas I had. And Emulsion really came from going into production and being thrust into the sort of my own limelight of getting it done was at the back of doing another project called Analog, which I had with Film London. So I got through the microwave scheme. Oh, yeah, that's right. That's right. Um, So I spent two years with uh, Film London and BBC Films developing and going into production of Analog and all cast, but the last minute all fell apart. That's another story, but we won't go into that. Um, So because I'd already done a lot of pre-production, a lot of the process of one, you know, getting a film developed and cast and... I had a lot of skills already in place in terms of the energy, yeah, uh, and 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 the sort of, you know, the whole pre-production process was fresh in my mind that I felt I could do it again, yeah, you know. But I had to do it with another project mm. because analog I was just sick of, not, yeah, not as a script or a film, but as in the project, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I've been with tussling with it and fighting creatively with pe- you know people yeah. for a long time with it, so I was actually 
sick of it. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. But not as a film because I think it's still a great project. So with Emulsion, it was a case of um, still within the style I like to make, but it was a fresh idea, so I could put fresh energy yeah. into telling that story because yeah. it's it's more to me it's about wanting to tell that story. Um, in terms of the philosophy of it and the idea and the the style of it, so that was that sort of happened around May, and I gave myself like basically I set a date to shoot mm. Emulsion, which was about seven eight months later. Right. What so year, that what year was this? This was two thousand nine. Yeah. Um, it analog fell apart and Emulsion was was born, mm. and in two thousand ten February we we were shooting it. Yeah. Within, within, like. But when you when you started, you know, and you, you, but you already had that. I can't remember if you had the script or you certainly had the story, but you had that already, didn't you? As you yeah, I had a, I had a first draft, right, of the script, but it was very loose. Mm. You know, it was, but it was the, it did have the basic idea, it had the character, it had the the twist, yeah, at the end and all that kind of stuff. So it had some good stuff in it. Mm. But what what pre production allowed me to do with that kind of script is like, okay, we're shooting it in Bournemouth and Pool. Mm. What have we got? Yeah. So I made my exterior world around me that sort of arm's length yeah. fit into the actual content of the story. Yeah, yeah. The car park, yeah. the apartment, yeah. where he drives. Because it's not... I know you filmed it all in locally, but with our film, we made yeah. this kind of a play of it. It's like, it's featured, the location is a yes. kind of, you know, hey, it's, it's Dorset sort of thing. Yeah. But yours is an anonymous location. But that didn't matter. It's just, you, you still found though all the places nearly all the places i think that you wanted to film in within whatever 10 mile radius just that just for budget reasons really yeah and a lot of it's um a lot of emulsion at the start of the film is pretty much at night yeah and it's in the darkness so we with the sort of digital revolution of dslrs mm. i bought the camera and did my recce's mm. with the camera great and the lenses yeah and then i sent those to the dop mm. and we knew we could film in those locations without yeah. much additional lighting. Yeah. So you're basically going around testing the luminance yeah. of street scenes yeah, and yeah, night yeah, scenes yeah, yeah, and yeah, yeah. it's a noir thriller so there's gonna be a be a bit of following around yeah. mystery and tension. Yeah, of course, so of and to the car park and yeah. all those things. And a bit of advice from the DOP about the scene must be lit. Yeah. Uh backlit. Yeah. With the yeah. practical props and yeah. and the street lighting before you get anyone on set. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, well, so, tell us a little bit about the story then, uh, Suki, just for so, people that don't know don't know about the film, without the full, not the slick pitch, but just a little bit of the story, really. Yeah, I mean, Emulsion came about when I was walking around in uh, Tesco's with Karen, bored out my head. I was pushing this trolley, and the idea popped into my head. Okay. Then I my trolley got faster and faster, yeah. and the shopping got faster and faster, because I wanted to get home. Write it down before you forgot it all. Yeah, and it was all based around, you know, the the, the, the premise is really about, I can't tell you what the, the, the idea is as such, because that gives away the whole film. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But um, the premise is basically a man looking for his missing wife. Mm. And so that wasn't what excited me. It was what my twist and turns yeah. were in yeah, the film course, and why it was the way it is. Of course. Um, so it's a good so old-fashioned fa- I mean, I, old thriller. It's a few times, but it's a nice sort of, yeah, thriller, mystery, noir feel to it, but, but, mo- but modern day. Yeah, yeah, I loved, I loved Kafka and I'll, mm. in terms of writing and that sort yeah. of... Uh, 
like in your film, the cat, the location is a character. Oh. But in Emulsion, the character, the other character that you don't see is the 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 sort of outside control. Yeah. Beyond the characters. Yeah. Just like you would get in a Lynch yeah. film or, yeah. or Kafka, yeah. which is yeah. about these mechanisms. Yeah. And uh, around the actual story. Yeah. And I knew I could do that really well. Yeah. In terms of the stuff I like, but also the the things I've done. Yeah. Previously in short films and making a lot of TV commercials. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So doing commercials and stuff allows you to know the techniques and the lighting and the way things are edited yeah. to make that happen. And it also, it also it's very cheap. Mm. So when I'm writing emulsion, I'm not thinking of like people. I'm not thinking. I'm excluding violence. Mm. I'm excluding fighting. Mm. And anything that's high energy, mm. and because I knew that people have seen that before, so mm. you've got to actually do it better than them yeah. to make any impact because people are desensitized to that. Yeah. But I could do the tension yeah. and the following and the unraveling clues. I think that's harder to do mm. and keep the suspense and really technically and emotionally trying to get that across. Yeah. So I was you know, in terms of what it's about, you know, in terms of affecting the storyline. Sam Hewen is the lead character who plays Ronnie Mays, mm. who's the character name, looking for his wife. And the fact that he basically, anyone that goes, you know, when you see cases in real life, the people left in limbo. Mm. So my character is very much left in limbo. He ends up getting a job at the actual car park she went missing from. Yeah, just so he's there. So he's there, so he's mm. always, he's got the monitors, mm. you know, the, the three cameras. Yeah, so yeah. he's already in a surveillance yeah. situation. The, yeah. the job is set up for his character. Yeah. And you can see the obsession, doesn't have to be OCD obsession, but the mm. fact he's always there and always mm. looking and always watching. But it's also tiring for him as a character because it's like driving a car. Psychologically, you're just waiting for something to happen. Yeah. It, on an on a road that's actually the same. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But the brain gets tired from actually waiting for that anticipation. So, but with the audience, couldn't make them tired. We had to build up the tension. So you use music and you use camera angles and strange characters yeah, to unravel yeah. the clues. But what did you do? Did you go for a lot of script uh, development with it? So, how many drafts did you do, and did you get other people involved? in that i remember reading it back in the day but did you do it just like that just in kind of in kind of your, your colleague filmmakers you just use those yeah it was two pronged attack really it was a practical one which is like well i've got this i'm going to put this in the script right yeah <laughs> i've uh, got that location that's going mm, in mm. i think a good s- sequence about f- following each other would actually take up some screen time and actually yeah. uh, that would actually progress the story yeah so you got that side of it and then the other side was um, in my house, I had a, um, one of my friends was living there for a while, Andy Marsh. Mm. So he and me sat down and he was like a script editor. Right. Basically, he was just challenging me on yeah. scenes. Mm. So we'd sit down and go, what's that scene? Can this scene be better? Mm. Can, what do you mean by this? Because you're a bit vague. Mm. You know, let's, let's get to the point. Yeah, yeah. Know? So he'd challenge me and then I'd rewrite scenes. Mm especially like the cop scenes and stuff, mm. we'd start getting to the point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And allowing the audience in to the story mm. a bit more. Yeah. So you had constant feedback from him, but there was only like six drafts. Yeah, yeah. Um, what I did learn when I was doing working at Film London with the previous script is write a script to be read. 
Mm. So, the, so I didn't do the production script as such till a little bit later. So what I mean by that is I'm writing the script because we're going to go into casting. Yeah. And you've got other partners to bring in into the film, like the casting director, mm. the, the, the crew. Yeah. So you write it in a way that it flows. Yeah. So you take out all your little nuances of flashbacks, oh, right, flash yeah, screens, yeah. Yeah, yeah. any bits of non-linear yeah. that might confuse the story, mm. but looks cool when you edit it. Yeah. So took all that out and made it without any speed bumps. Yeah. A really good read. Yeah. Even I, though you knew you might <laughs> yes, put that in in the edit. That's a little bit later. Don't worry about that now. No. Yeah, just yeah. write. A script is only there to be read. Yeah. Yeah. It's a read. It's a. Yeah. It's a, okay. It, yeah. Yeah, you know, good point. Yeah, it's a piece of literature. Point. It's a piece of literature. Yeah, let them read it so that people got no time. Mm. They, they don't need any excuse not to read your script. Yeah, so let's make it. Let them, let's make the process easy. <laughs> exactly. But once people were on board, like crew, mm. and started to get the cast together, yeah, then yeah, we yeah. can do a script that's going to be actually shot. Yeah, and also a script that can be a movie. Yeah. So I wouldn't say. At that time, it was a movie script. Mm. And what I mean by that, scenes were scenes, but they weren't sequences. Yeah, yeah. So when you're watching Emulsion, you realise it's a sequence of events. Of course, yeah. That has cause and effect. Yeah, yeah. So that wasn't actually in that particular script. This is just to read it. That's it for this special edition of the UK Scriptwriters podcast. Hope you found it insightful. Make sure you subscribe to catch the future episodes of the podcast or indeed have a look at some of our previous ones you can find us at ukscriptwriters.podomatic.com or find us on itunes and indeed check us out on facebook and twitter uk scriptwriters okay so we'll catch you soon and uh, keep on writing